you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm gonna just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined as always by my guys, professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson. This is the big picture. Every week we go through the biggest stories in the NBA, breaking down them from an embedding angle, everything that you need to know. And if you want to find more, all you got to do is download the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money's coming in on. You can follow Raheem and Brandon's bets in there as well. Check it out. Download the Action Network app on your mobile device right now. A couple of programming notes for you. Um, I'm doing like a ton of things. We've got Heat Check doing a Futures episode. You can find that on Action Network HQ tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be doing that on YouTube. Search YouTube uh, Action Network and you can find Heat Check. We're doing NBA Futures, some more content there. Uh, I'll be on the Action Network podcast talking about the second half of the season later this week as well. Talking about um, breaking down some things about where the season is at, how to bet it, those type of things. Check for that on the Action Network podcast. But today... We've got to wrap up an amazing, incredible, astounding All-Star Weekend. Here's everything that you need to know about All-Star Weekend. Steph Curry hit some threes. Okay, we'll now move on to tip-off. Tip-off is where we actually get into the news that's going on in the league and what actually has happened and what you need to know versus All-Star, which let's be real with you here. You do not need to know anything about All-Star Weekend. Uh, outside of cat winning and maybe like a funny couple of funny photos and like LeBron and MJ hugging, there's just not a lot to talk about. Uh, if you listen to our show last week, you will note that uh, nothing that we thought would happen happened. We absolutely got smacked in the contest. I think the only one was I had Obi Toppin for dunk contest and Raheem did too. That was the only one I think that we had. We got beat by Carl Anthony freaking Towns in the three-point contest. And yeah, we're not going to talk about that. So let's go ahead and get into what's actually relevant here. Let's start with this. Chris Paul is going to be out an indefinite period of time after suffering an avulsion in his hand. He is going to be reevaluated at some point down the road. Six to eight weeks, the NBA playoffs begin in seven weeks. So let's just go ahead and start here. Brandon, does the Chris Paul injury make you any hesitant at all? Or any reluctance to bet the Suns? Or does this mean, hey, maybe we wait for the Suns 
to slip a little bit if Chris Paul's out and then we bet them even more assuming he comes back. How do we play the Chris Paul injury? Yeah, it's a wait and see at this point for me. Of the three of us, I've been the one that is the wait and seeiest of of <laughs> on the Suns anyway. So I certainly am not going to move off of that at this point. It, it's worrisome, you know, like literally for months, every time we talk about how awesome the Suns are and they have been awesome, it's always like asterisk. Remember though, until Chris Paul gets hurt. Well, he's hurt. We knew it was coming. And we don't know if he'll be healthy at the start of the playoffs. And remember, the playoffs, first round, you might be facing the Lakers or the Clippers coming out of the play-in. So it's not like this is just going to be a, a gimme walkover right out of the bat where, oh, okay, well, he hasn't played all regular season. Let's just get him back going. So, yeah, I do think that it, if you believe in the Suns and he's going to get shut down and just get all the time he needs to get healthy, then you're going to get a chance to buy later. I, I I don't know how you buy the Suns right now. The value has to drop some going forward. They're going to be worse without Chris Paul. So I think you either are out and look elsewhere or you wait out the Suns and bet them later. I don't think you can bet them right now. Raheem, what do you think? Look, you definitely can't bet them now when you look at Chris Paul. The Suns are scoring 117 points per 100 possessions. They're plus nine offensively with him on the court. When you look at his on-off numbers, like, look, it's pretty damn it. Like, you you got to have a guy like Chris Paul who can set up the offense. He gets guys like DeAndre Ayton and Bismack beyond going to the rim. He gets Devin Booker easy shots. And you saw when he went out of that game against the Houston Rockets last week, you know, the, the, the Suns found themselves in an L-bite. And they're going to miss him a ton. But I think this is actually a blessing in disguise for the Suns because – you look at Chris Paul, this is an older point guard. And we all know at some point he kind of wears out every season. He is 36 years old. He will be 37 in May. So to me, I think you're saving his legs by him having this injury. And I think he comes back and I think he's going to come back and not really skip a beat. He can stay in shape. He can still work out. He's just going to have to get reacclimated to his shooting and whatnot. But honestly, I want to wait for this value to drop. And then I kind of want to go all in on the Suns. Soon as this team slips a little bit and you get a little increased value, I'm jumping all in on the Suns. Like I'm I'm taking their futures on the Western Conference and I'm taking their futures to win the NBA Finals. I like it. I like your confidence there. I figured that's the direction that you would go. I figured you would double down um, under Mm -hmm. the circumstances. If you're curious, let's look at this from a, a division angle. Warriors are seven games back in the loss column. Uh, they're the Suns' magic number for home court throughout the conference playoffs is 18 with 24 remaining. So if we look at the Warriors and we assume with the Warriors 23 games remaining, let's assume that they're going to lose at least seven more. That's 16 and seven. That's a really good run. That gives you a little bit of leeway. That drops the magic number to 11. That would mean that the Suns could go 11 and 13 and still clinch. What I'm telling you is under no circumstances should you bet the Warriors for the division. They can't catch. This is like, this is a dangerous time to be betting divisions. And we're going to talk about them today. But especially if you're like, I think they can come up. There is not as much time as you think is left. There is 23 games left on the Warriors schedule. um, And there's only 24 left on the Suns. The bigger way to think about this, you have to get the Suns to lose at least seven games and the Warriors to go undefeated 
just like if the Warriors went undefeated, the Suns would still have to lose seven of their final 24. And it's possible the Suns just don't do that, depending on who they face. So like there's just not value on the division race. But I do kind of agree with Raheem where I want to see what the market does. It's weird. It took so long for them to catch up, right? At FanDuel right now, the Suns and the Warriors for the Western Conference are plus 170. It took so long for the Suns to be to actually kind of rise up and be considered at that top. But now I feel like it's going to be very sticky and hard to get them to drop considerably. Raheem, do you, I, this is a, a, a arbitrary question. Like what's a number that you kind of want to look for? If you're like, I, I want to, if I'm looking for the Suns, if it hits X, I want to look at Suns Western Conference. For the Western Conference, I think, what are we looking at? FanDuel's got it 170. Yeah, 190. One, yeah, and that's the best I saw today. Yeah, so 190 about MGM. And we get three to one. I kind of like those odds right there. Yeah, for sure. Just to reinforce what you said, you guys know me. My first thought on the Chris Paul injury was, okay, how do we fade the Suns? Do we bet the Warriors to win the one seed? You can bet that some books right now. Do we bet Steph to win MVP if they get to the one seed? Do we bet J.B. Bickerstaff or someone else to win coach of the year if Monty Williams falls out? I, I don't know. I'm not saying those things can't happen, but you should not bet those assuming the Suns are going to lose the one seed because, yeah, the math just doesn't line up. Like, they go 12 and 12 and finish with a 60-win season. 12 and 12, the Warriors have to go 18 and 5 or better to pass them. Yes. So all that really matters here is does Chris Paul get fully healthy again from the injury by the playoffs? That's it. The regular season is a wrap. The Suns are so far ahead of everyone that it's just there's not enough gap for people or there's too much of a gap for people to close for any of those like awards or angles like that. I love the underdog. You know, I love my long shots, but I don't think that's the angle to play. I think it was in 2019. And I think Kyle Lowry had a, a thumb injury. Um, it was the year before Kawhi got hurt. He had a thumb injury and he actually played in the all-star game and then missed a bunch of games and he came back to the playoffs. So he was like, just as like, he was, he was fine. Um, obviously they got knocked out by the Cavs, but this is a similar comp. I truly think this is a blessing in disguise because Chris Paul got his seasonal injury out the way already. <laughs> Elsewhere, Howard Beck over the weekend reported over at Sports Illustrated that executives are circling Dame, Zion, and Donovan Mitchell. So you have James Harden, who asked out of Houston, goes to the Nets, and then asked out of the Nets and goes to the Sixers. Long-term view, I will tell you that like the big outcome of this is going to be that the owners will get together and find some sort of way to curtail player movement. Um, I think that there is a, a sentiment and a very firmness from the league perspective that free agency generates drama, and that's good for the league. I think free agency, they like quite a bit. I don't think the owners are comfortable with, you sign a Supermax and then you ask out. The whole point of the Supermax was to be like, hey, we'll give you the Supermax so that you stay. And now players are going, I want the Supermax and now I want to leave. Um, and that combination, I think, is probably going to be met with some changes from ownership that could lead to, I think, some labor strife down the road. But in the short term, you know, Donovan Mitchell had comments over the weekend. It was really funny, the comments that were that were made. Um, so he was, they get asked about the Rudy and, and Donovan stuff and their tension and everything. And here is what Donovan said, which was the best non-denial I think I've ever heard. He, when he talks about how much he wants to win a title. And he watched Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup from L.A., by the way, in the Super Bowl. They just found ways to win. That's what he wants. 
he said regarding the tension with Rudy Gobert, I'm at a point now where it's the NBA. This is what it is. Mitchell told Jones, people are going to write things. If I have to respond every five minutes to a story, then I'm taking away from my teammates and I'm taking away from my happiness. I love this team and we want to find a way, way to win as a group. I'm focused on my team. As long as my teammates and my coaches know my intentions, then that's what it is. But I'm not going to allow articles to deter me from my main goal. I love this group, so let's find a way to do it. You know what he didn't say there? He didn't say the word Rudy Gobert. That's the thing that he didn't say. He didn't say the word Rudy Gobert. And I find that notable. Just going to say, like, he, you could say, like, we can't do, like, you can't do anything. I'm just saying. He could be like, look, I love Rudy. Rudy's an MVP caliber. Like, just saying there's a trend here. When we look at this long term, though, um, with Damon Portland, Donovan in Utah, and then Zion, uh, Brandon, I'll ask you, how many of those three are in Portland, New Orleans, and Utah, respectively, by the end of the summer? I'll say two. I think the clock is ticking on Zion, but it's hard for me to see that happening this summer. I don't think we're going to see him play before the summer. So if that's the case, then we're going on, I think something like 85 games over three seasons. So one season out of three seasons that he's played. And we don't really know what shape he's in. We don't know how his health holds up. He's still on his rookie deal. Like he's still got a year left. Then the max contract, like New Orleans has team control for a long time still. We've never seen any player turn down the rookie max ever. So I do think the clock is ticking there. I don't know that it's this summer. The other two seems more likely. Dame, I definitely have a couple teams already in mind. I think the Celtics and uh, the Clippers are two teams that I think have some interesting pieces that can make a move there. And uh, Donovan, I think Utah, if they don't make it out of the first round, something's going to change. So somebody has to go. And I don't know who's trading for Gobert because that is a monster contract for a long time forward. And something pretty much leaves Donovan then. So I'll, I'll say two stay and, and one of Dame or Donovan goes. But, uh, you know, the NBA, as the world turns, it never stops. Raheem, who do you think is most likely to be gone? I'm going to say Zion because it's clear that he doesn't want to play for that team ever again. And we're hearing the rumors about him and RJ and, and Cam Reddish maybe reuniting, getting the Duke squad together in New York. I, I don't think Zion's going to play another game for the Pelicans at all. So I'm going to say him, but it really should be Dame. Anthony Simons, the way he's playing, he's made him expendable. But Portland doesn't necessarily have a real general manager at this point. And like one of the things I like to talk about in gambling is the assumption of rational decision making. And I think when you look at Dame, he's about to be 32 years old. He seems like he's at the end of his prime. He should be traded. But I can't assume that the Blazers are going to be rational about this. When it comes to Mitchell, I can see them letting Gobert go before they let Mitchell go. The competing ideas there are that ownership apparently loves Donovan. The new ownership apparently loves Donovan. Yeah. And the priority has been keeping him. I just kind of wonder if after the shine has fallen off of owning a team, if there's kind of like a re, like if there's a pivot. If I were the general manager of the Utah Jazz, which I'm not because I don't have the requisite experience, information base, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I want to make it very clear. <laughs> these jobs are hard. Like they're made out to be very easy. They're not. Yeah. But if I were in their shoes, 
Um, I would trade Donovan Mitchell right now. I would trade Donovan Mitchell as soon as the season is done. I think wow. get absolute elite value. I am a bigger guy. I am a bigger Donovan Mitchell guy than Rudy Gobert. Like I argue constantly with Seth Partnow from The Athletic about the value of Mitchell versus Gobert and Gobert's limitations versus what Donovan does. But here's the thing. Donovan is not being like, I love it in Utah. I want to make it work here. This is where I want to be. I want the statue. If that is not his, if, if he is even just like, yeah, it'd be really interesting, you know, to maybe, you know, like it'd be really interesting to play somewhere. Those I'm out. That's it. That's it. We're, we are getting top value. Now you go the Darren Williams route. You trade him. Now you get a ton back and you go from there. You go to the Knicks and you'd be like, Hey, Donovan Mitchell, how about like four picks? Pick, give us four picks and four swaps and you can have Donovan Mitchell and you try and go that route. Like that would be what I would do. And then you try and figure it out from there. The only problem is like, it takes, it's a massive step backwards. Like honestly, I would try to try to trade Donovan and then I try and trade Gobert. I would try and trade both of them in a season and just go in a different direction. One more thing before we get to the big picture on some various futures. LeBron James this weekend decided to have himself a little, little media tour decided that after the trade deadline, so let's just go ahead and run this back to the trade deadline. The Lakers don't do anything. Rob Palinka says that he was consulted with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, essentially clutch sports about not doing anything at the trade deadline. Immediately after that press conference, Dave McMenamin reports on ESPN that that is not accurate. He was given the quote from clutch very clearly that LeBron James and Anthony Davis we're not on board with doing nothing at the deadline, specifically not trading Russell Westbrook, which is what was reported over the weekend as the source of that conflict. Then LeBron goes to All-Star Weekend and he does a number of things. First, in his All-Star press conference, he's asked about Josh Giddy because it's Josh Giddy. Now, there's a lot of ways this could have happened. Quite honestly, LeBron may not know who Josh Giddy is. That's entirely possible. Like LeBron, I don't think, knows all the rookies at this point. He's a very busy man. But he decides to go all in commenting on how much Sam Presti is the MVP of the Thunder and how great a job Sam Presti has done identifying star talent and how great of a general manager Sam Presti is. Uh, That's after he talks about the Rams general manager. Can you guys help me out with the name? Because I'm not an NFL guy. Uh, Les Snead, I think. Les Snead is, quote, his type of guy. Les Snead, obviously famous for trading all of their draft picks to win a championship this year, which they did. Then in an exclusive interview with Jason Lloyd from The Athletic, one of the three beat writers that covered him in the Cleveland years, alongside Dave McMenamin and Joe Varden, also The Athletic, he talks to Jason Lloyd and he mentions a couple of things. One, he's going to spend his final year with Bronny. Two, he says that is not ruling out a return to Cleveland. All of this paints a picture. And then you've got on Monday, a report from Mark Stein over at his Substack from the Hall of Famer talking about how if LeBron James thinks that he's going to run the show and get to make all these decisions, he's sorely mistaken. And that Palinka has the support of Jeannie Buss. And I'm not kidding you. This is a quote, power couple, Kurt and Linda Rambis. So. This is messy. This is the NBA drama that like my wife just adores. She thinks this is the best thing about the league, about how messy it is. Um, Raheem, I'll start here. 
Can you envision any scenario where we're betting the Lakers to win the title this summer? Is there any scenario where we're like, I think I got to bet the Lakers this summer, not to win this year, but to win next year. Is there any scenario where you think you can see that happening? There's no scenario in which you're betting this at all. Whether LeBron comes back, whether they trade LeBron, the Lakers window is completely over. The door is shut. So it's over. Okay. Okay. That's definitive. We're going to put that up on social. Let me go ahead and just. You know what? I think, I think the better conversation is, are we ever betting LeBron James to win another championship again? Oh my goodness. That's the better conversation. LeBron has not made the finals while making the playoffs one time since 2010. (laughs) Once since 2010. Where are you at with this whole Lakers mess then? I'm not on Raheem Island, apparently, because holy cow, uh, the Lakers are 45 to one to win the title right now, this year, this title. And uh, here's the thing. Here's the picture. Anthony Davis gets that nice little Chris Paul vacation. Remember the last time Anthony Davis had a nice little vacation before the playoffs? Yeah, it was that fluke championship. The Raptors they're talking about? No, no, no. Lakers, that's the fluke championship we're talking about. Anthony Davis just gets rest and take his time. The Lakers grab the eight seed, win the playing game. Oh, look, it's Chris Paul who's still hurt. And the Suns, we saw what happened last year when Chris Paul was hurt in the first round before Anthony Davis got hurt. Now the Suns are out. Now the Lakers in the second round. The West is pretty open. They got the size advantage on the Warriors. I'm just saying at 45 to one, if you have LeBron, and rested Anthony Davis, which is the only Anthony Davis that you ever want to bet on, 45 to 1, I think there's a chance, I'm sure as heck, until he has retired and signed his retirement and walked away and then been away for like three years, done saying that LeBron is done ever. So I'm not going on that island. When the Western Conference at BetMGM, the Lakers are plus 1,600. I got an 1,800 over at DraftKings. Yes, it's 1900 at FanDuel, but this is the okay, thing. That's the best 4500 to win the title at DraftKings. If you're going to play it, you're going to play the whole thing because you're going to have any number of chances to hedge no. out of this. If See, the I, Lakers I actually get out of the first round or two, it suddenly it's LeBron yeah. in a huge playoff series. You're going to have a chance to hedge out. Yeah, you can hedge. I get that, but they're going to be massive underdogs against the Bucks. Like they're going to be massive underdogs against the Nets. They're going to be underdogs against the Sixers. So it's just, it's one of those situations where you better off playing both of them. Like if we think, if if we think the Suns are vulnerable because of the Chris Paul injury. Right. And then like, that was a matchup thing that was very wonky last year. Like the Lakers looked dominant in some of those games when Chris Paul was hurt. And then they looked completely overwhelmed when AD went out. So like, we just, it's like, who do you trust to be healthy? Chris Paul versus Anthony Davis. That's, that's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I do, we'll talk more about the, about the future here in a second, but I, I do kind of think there's value on the West though, because if we look at it and we're just like, can the Lakers beat the Nuggets? Yes. Can the Lakers beat the Mavericks? Yes. Can the Lakers beat, uh, the Wolves? Yes. Can the Lakers beat the Grizzlies? No. Get out of here. They cannot beat the Grizzlies. I don't know, man. I don't trust this Grizzlies team in a playoff environment yet. I'm not there. Um, if they take out Phoenix and then let's say the Grizzlies get past the Warriors, which we think is, we all think, think is at least a little bit possible. Brandon, do you think that's possible? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. if it's, if it's Lakers Grizzlies, that's the one Raheem. 
I don't, that one may honestly be very, very close because they will get, the books will get zero money on Memphis. Like no one will bet Memphis in that situation except the Sharps. Like nobody, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. the public will just hammer the Lakers in those, in those games. I'm going to be all over Memphis. We're reaching a point to where people have to be able to see that the Lakers aren't very good. Yeah, I think Brandon's argument is that, so I, and I kind of agree with him on this. Mm-hmm. There's two different concepts that we're talking about here. We're talking about the difference between is a bad team and plays badly. And those yeah. two things are separate, right? And so Raheem's mm-hmm. in the camp of they're a bad team. They don't have shooting. Russ is a dumpster fire. All their guys are old. They can't defend. They don't have any other playmakers. I think Brandon's more in the camp of they've played badly. Like, what if it's just like LeBron and AD being awesome for 40 minutes and then like Carmelo Anthony and, and Trevor Ariza hit some shots, right? Brandon, am I running this? Yeah, yeah basically. Like, yeah. if the, if the yeah. West is as weak as we're saying that it might be and all these stars are injured, and LeBron is LeBron or whatever he is at this point. And Anthony Davis is healthy magically for a week or three weeks or whatever. Like at, at any point, you now have the two best players on the court in any game or any series. We know you picked that team in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, do keep, I do keep coming back though. Raheem, I keep coming back. Like the Warriors could not be a pretty bad version of the Lakers. Yeah. I told, I told you I was out on, to me, that said more about the Warriors to me. Right, but and you're I, out on I the Warriors in general. But this is the thing, though, is you're out on the Warriors in general. So what we're really talking about here is we're talking about Phoenix with a Chris Paul injury. Yeah. And Memphis, who I know you're big on, but like. Memphis, who can't score in a half court. So yeah. It's like. This is what I'm it, saying. It, so, it's, it, it, it's like the Lakers. It, it is open for them. If they can you, Brandon, for making the Lakers seem like a good bet again. We did this. Did you realize the last time that we had this conversation, I ran through these scenarios and was like talking to you guys into it. And then immediately the Lakers like cratered, like immediately after we had that podcast, I was like, I don't think you're going to get worse value than four and a half to one. And now they're like 16 to one, like just a complete nosedive the last time that we did this conversation. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's go to the big picture. We're going to talk about some futures here um, going into the second, not second half of the season, the last quarter of the season, because that's really all that's left. This is the big picture from when we're recording this on monday it'll be 49 when you're listening to it on tuesday 49 days until the nba playoffs postseason rather begins that's when the first day of the the play in tournament will commence on april 12th we are seven weeks away boys it's gonna fly like in a month, we're at March Madness. Three weeks after that, we're in the postseason. So it is rapidly approaching. Let's talk about some of the best values that we think we can find on the board. Okay, let's start with the division odds. I think the most competitive one and the one that we're all, that we're all kind of in a different place on um, when we continue to look at it is absolutely got to be the Central Division. Uh, Milwaukee at DraftKings is plus 110. Brandon's going to have better odds than I do because I haven't pulled them all up because I just got back from the aquarium. Um, sure. The Bucks are plus... give you the odds. Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. Mil- Milwaukee is plus 120 at Bat Rivers. Chicago okay. is plus 205 at points bet. Cleveland is plus 320 at DraftKings. That's the best I found. Okay. And then, and then the Pacers, just kidding. Um, so mm-hmm. the, by the way, um, I do want to mention, I, I looked at our, uh, win totals draft from preseason and currently we're all tied at four and six 
Way to go us. Four and six. Love it. Yeah, things have, have befallen us. But some of us have uh, ones that are still alive. We still have some hopes. I have I have I have hopes for, for this last little bit to, to help me out here. Some of mine are close. Uh, let's do either of you like the Bucks to win this division? No, no. OK, neither one of us like the Bucks. All right, Brandon, why do you not like the Bucks to win this division as they are currently the favorite? I don't think they care. And I think they're going to look at the standings and feel like the three to six seed is a nice safe zone for them. As long as they just stay away from Philadelphia on the first round, like we don't really know what's going to happen with the Brooklyn, but almost certainly they're going to be in the play in games. So why push and tire your guys out and try to get a one or a two seed and get rewarded possibly with Brooklyn, which remember if you're the one or two seed, you don't know who you're going to play. You, you finish your season and then wait to find out who's going to play you. So why not just chill, rest your guys, rotate them through, stay in that three to six seed range. I just don't think that they really care that much en- enough. Certainly they can win. I don't think they're dead to it, but I think it, it's more on these other teams losing out. I don't think the Bucs really give a rip. I'm going to try and do this without boring our listener to death by doing magic numbers. Okay. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to see if I can do it. Um, magic number for the Bulls to finish over the, the Milwaukee Bucks to finish with a better record than the Milwaukee Bucks is 21. That's with 23 games remaining for Chicago. If the Bulls win at the same pace that they have for the duration of the season, that comes out to 14 wins, which means that Milwaukee would then have to go better than would have to go 15 and six or better for them to catch. If Chicago just goes at the same pace, Alice Caruso, Lonzo ball likely back before the end of the season, they will likely finish pretty strongly there. They've been a pretty consistently good team, right? Like this team has not really fallen off. There's been no, you know, Raheem does a good job of keeping track of how teams have been playing lately. I will note the toughest NBA schedule remaining by opponent strength via tankathon.com is the Milwaukee Bucks. The second toughest is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Raheem, what pick do you like out of this division? I like the Bulls, plus 200, plus 205. To me, when you look at this Bucks team, not only are they coasting, but I think this team defensively is really, really struggling without Brooke Lopez. And then when you factor in, they lost Pat Connaughton right after trading Dante DiVincenzo. And they're relying on Serge Ibaka, who's kind of like a shell of his former self, and to me, I just think this team is just focused and ready for the playoffs. Now, obviously, Giannis is potentially the best player in the league, and you have Middleton and Drew Holiday, but a lot of the pieces are surrounding them. They just don't have enough, and I just think the Bulls, they have the lead right now. I, be- I believe they have uh, a two-and-a-half um, game lead, and there's not a lot of time left, and I think this this Bulls team offensively, they're rolling, and if you got Zach Levine, you got DeMar DeRozan, you got a lead. I just think they, they have a chance to just be able to pull this off. And I, I like, I've been comparing this Bulls team to the Raptors teams. And I, I think there's just going to be a team who's just solid in a regular season. And I don't see them slipping here. I think they're going to win this division. With DeRozan, Levine, Ball, and Caruso, the Bulls are 11 and five this season with, Alonzo, DeRozan, and Levine, they are 19 and 11. Um, that's, uh, both of those are above 63%. With DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch, it's 25 and 11. So 
they've just been really consistently good. Brandon, do you like uh, my Chicago Bulls or do you want to go with the Cavs? So I try to find the schedule angle here and it, it's really rough for all three teams. Actually, you mentioned Chicago having the second toughest. So the Bulls play still three times against the Bucks. So it's really hard to bet on either of the teams here because those three games will have so much sway in how this would turn out. Uh, looking at Chicago's schedule, 23 games left. For me, 11 of their games remaining are against top 12, like definitely good playoff teams. That's half of the games left. So they're going to be getting guys back, but it's going to be a tough schedule. So I was ready to go for the Cavs. The Cavs still, unfortunately for them, they have the Sixers are backloaded for them. They have three Sixers games left. That's unfortunate because there were better times to play Philadelphia than when James Harden shows up with Joel Embiid. Yeah. For now, we'll see if they're healthy. Uh, the Cavs have an early March road trip that goes to Philly, Miami, and Chicago all in like a week. It's tough. And this is a young team. I couldn't find the angle that I loved here. I think it's mostly a stay away. If I was going to bet it, I think my best angle, the thing I'm most certain about is that I don't like the value on the Bucks. So if I was going to bet it, I think I would just sprinkle a little bit on both Chicago and Cleveland since they're 205 and 320. Yeah. And you can basically get plus odds on not Milwaukee to win the division. I like that. But I, I don't think it's a, a great play. Uh, Cavs are only two back of the Bulls. Like they are right there. And yet they just, everyone just kind of overlooks them. Now, look, they've been sliding, I think, a little bit based off of a number of things, but there hasn't been enough, I think, to really get panicked about them. And I think that as they get used to playing with Karis Levert, um, I think you got worried a little bit about Evan Mobley's, you know, rookie wall. I think that's probably a concern. But overall, um, you know, the, the Cavs don't have neither one of the the tiebreaker has not been decided between bulls and cavaliers that's going to be important i think to watch as this one goes down um but that i do think there's probably value on the cavaliers um depending on what we need to get an update on on lonzo that's why i really want to know it's like yeah. when's lonzo coming mm-hmm. i need i need one of those two guards back if i'm going to back the bulls yeah. i need to know like hey mm-hmm. they're going to be back by third week in march one, one other thing, too, is uh, the Cavs host the Bucks in the season finale. Yeah. So you've got a real shot for a hedge there, especially if you're on Cleveland. You know, like we, either side, if you're on either one of those, you've got a real chance to hedge out, depending on what that looks like there. We talked about the Pacific. I just don't think there's value on the Warriors. I can't see them catching up seven games with Draymond still not projected to be like if Draymond was back next week. OK. You know, maybe. Right. No, Chris Paul, Draymond. back. Yeah. I can't see any value on the Warriors. Brandon, you are the strongest on the Warriors of the three of us. Um, do you, are you with me that there's not, they can't catch seven back? I'm I'm with you. I tried to find this angle and it's just, it's, it's too far back. We got to look at other divisions. Atlantic is the only other one that I think is really competitive. The heat of locked up. There's um, I think the Grizzlies probably hold on minus 1400. Versus the 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 Mavericks, I've hedged that appropriately for my preseason uh, Grizzlies bet. Atlantic's really interesting. Brandon, do you have the odds for the Atlantic? Yeah, so Philadelphia is minus 182 at Fox Bet. Boston is plus 350 at FanDuel. The Raptors are plus 800 at Bet Rivers. And Brooklyn is plus 1400 at Points Bet. And uh, the, the Knicks also exist. <laughs> the Knicks are also <laughs> a team. Um, Raheem, this is this, this is your backyard. This is Philly. This is you got New York. You got Brooklyn. You got Toronto, who I know you love. The Celtics, who've been playing great basketball. 
All right, Rostradamus. Who's winning this division? Because I don't know right now. The Celtics, they're playing so well defensively that I kind of want to roll with them. I, I know I gave out the Celtics plus 900 a couple of weeks ago, but, I mean, you got Harden entering Philly, and they have a two-game lead. So, look, if I, if I had to make one bet, I would take Boston Celtics here just because I do think there is danger in meshing MB with Harden. We don't know how that's going to work. And the Celtics defense is just playing so well. They have the, the top-ranked defense in the league the last two weeks. They're allowing just 97 points per in possessions. Obviously, the offense is struggling. So that's where, I mean, you have some issues there. But if I had to take a flyer, I'm taking them just because I, I still just – but you're buying, them at, you're buying them at Apex. They can't get hotter than this. Yeah, they, I mean, they can't. But, I mean, when you look at their schedule, they come back and you, you got you got three winnable games on the road. You got the Nets, the Pistons, the Pacers. I think they can win all three of those games. And then you got the Hawks, the Grizzlies, and the, and the Nets. And depending on how they do on that stretch, there's a shot. And I Boston, think- let, let, let's go over the strength of the schedule. Because, like, you're talking about three games after the All-Star break, and we got to look at another 20 games after that. Like Boston's 10th, Philly's 12th. This is toughest. Brooklyn's 13th. And then at 24th in opponent strength of schedule, the remainder of the way with one fewer loss than the Boston Celtics. When you actually look at the standings, your Toronto Raptors are two games back of the Sixers. I do not understand how, but the fucking Raptors might wind up winning this division. Like, look, we can't bet the Celtics. They've been bonkers over the last three weeks. They have to have peaked at some point, and there's going to be some sort of regression. We can't, we can't be like they're going to go on a three-month heater, right? I mean, wasn't it a three-month heater? I thought they just won seven games. They won seven out of eight. Yeah, but it's like, let me, let me look at um, since January 1st. The Bulkader Street came within January 29th. Was it January 29th and February 15th? And they lost their first game on the 16th. Boston, since January 17th, is 12 and 4 with a top nine defensive rating. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Boston's my pick, too. Boston plus 350 is my pick here. Looking at the schedule, I think the Celtics are favored in all but like four of their 22 games left. And this is a team that has figured out who they are now. They've figured out their defense. There's been a lot of talk about Robert Williams, how good he's been lately. By the way, plus 6,600 to win Defensive Player of the Year. Just saying, we know that Draymond is hurt. We know that we don't want to vote for Gobert. We're looking for somebody. The Celtics are going to overtake the Warriors as the best defense in the league, the way things are trending. And Robert Williams is a guy that has been central to what they're doing. And they have their identity. They've just swapped out guys for Derek White and more minutes from their centers that are actually good. Uh, I think the Celtics are playing as well as anyone in the East right now. And at plus 350, it's only implied 22% to win the division. They're only two back. We don't know if the Sixers will even be good yet. We don't know if Embiid will play or Harden will play or who will be healthy. Like, I'm all for fading the Sixers at 65% implied to win the division. There's no way... I want any part in the Sixers winning this division two out of three chances going the rest of the way here. So uh, the boss Boston is much better than Toronto. Brooklyn is way back. Uh, I agree. I would rather have bet the Celtics a couple weeks ago when Raheem had them at 900, but I still think there is value at plus three fifty. 
So this season, when Smart, Brown, and Tatum play, they're 22 and 12. I get it. I just look at Toronto and longer odds with one fewer loss. And Toronto's just like playing starters to the bone. Like, I, I, I kind of want to bet the team that's going to play their starters 45 minutes a game. Right? But how long can they do that, though? Like, isn't the in injury report inevitable at this point when they keep playing everyone 40 minutes a night? I think it's going to cost them in the playoffs. I think they're going to run out of gas. Well, everyone continues to talk about how Nick Nurse is the smartest coach in the world outside of Ty Lue. But I, I mean, look, we agree it's not going to be the Nets. They're not really. I don't know. I, this is like, I don't Like, if KD <laughs> comes back, like, okay, so here, here's one thing Christian Winfield, who covers the Nets, he reported before the All Star break that he thought that KD and Simmons would be back after the break. Now, I don't have any reason to believe that. Like, there's been no update on. on on KD. I mean, to, to me, you're asking the Sixers to make a total collapse if the Nets are going to win this. No, just because, like, look at how good the the thing, the bigger thing is just, like, the Sixers have only been, like, pretty good. That's, like, yeah. that's what's crazy about the NBA thing. It's like, you look at the Sixers, and it's like, what are the Sixers? Pretty good. They're a pretty good team. I, I, we're not asking for, for the Nets to win. It's not, that Brooke, it's not that Philly has to have a complete collapse. It's that Philly has to collapse, and Boston and Toronto have to be not good enough, and Brooklyn has to be healthy and good enough. Like, it's it's too many things to bat on Brooklyn going all the way yeah. and even just frankly caring to win the division, which we know right now that they don't. So if, if Brooklyn's not the play and Philly's not the play, then back to kind of my central division thing. If you like the Toronto long shot, I don't mind it. I understand. I think it's a good case you're making, Matt. So why not play Toronto and Boston plus 350 and plus 800? If you think that it's not going to be Philly and Brooklyn's too far out, that's pretty good angle that you get. Like you're getting still near two to one on your money. If either one of those comes through four to one, if Toronto comes through, really one more division, I got to make the case. You didn't oh, mention no. the other division. Oh, no. There's, there's oh, no. oh no. I'm doing nah. it. the Utah jazz are only three games up on the Denver nuggets right now, which is really three wow. and a half. They swept them there. They got the tie break. But look, coming out of the all-star break, the nuggets play Sacramento twice. The Jazz play Dallas and Phoenix. There's a world where Sunday night, this is a one-game division lead. You can bet Denver to win the division with Jamal Murray coming back, with Michael Porter Jr. coming back, with all the bad vibes coming out of Utah at plus 850 at Fox Bet right now. The Jazz have a difficult schedule. The Nuggets have the, one of the softest schedules in the league. We know that. We've been waiting on that all season. Plus 850, longer odds than like the Warriors and some of these other teams is insanity to me. I, here's the thing. I can't say you're crazy. I can't. I've been saying that this Jazz team is unstable the whole year, right? And they've had cracks in the armor. That Lakers loss was horrific. My only thing is, one, I will, I, I'm willing to bet. Like, if I could find a book that would let me bet that the, the Nuggets are going to go one and one, in some order versus the Kings in these first two games, I would absolutely bet it. They're losing one of the first two, one of those two games versus the Kings. Um, they specifically, I think that they've only beaten the Kings at home once in the Michael Malone era. My going theory is that they do it to troll him because he's still very upset that the Kings fired him. And I think this team specifically dogs it to troll Malone. Um, the problem I have here is one Memphis or Denver's an inconsistent team. They're very inconsistent in terms of their performance versus uh, teams under 500. The Jazz have lost all these games as a double-digit favorite. So that's obviously like a thing that we've looked at. And, and now they've won the last few. 
and I think that that's notable. They are still 20 and 10 versus teams under 500. Denver's even better at 22 and seven, right? But Denver hasn't been able to beat almost anybody over 500. Like this season, Denver is 11 and 18 versus 500 and better over at ESPN. So I don't have a lot of confidence in their win profile holding up as the, the thing with the nugget schedule is they, they play a lot of bad teams, but the good teams that they play are really good. They play like national TV games versus like the warriors and the Lakers and all these teams. So that hurts, I think a little bit. And here's the last thing for you, Brandon. I think that there's probably going to be a dip when Jamal comes back. I think that when they come back, it's probably Mm going to be like, he's not like, they're still trying to figure it out. And there's like the rotations are all off. I think there's probably a little bit of a bump there. And I do think that as unstable as Utah is, the tiebreaker is enough to not get me there. But I don't hate this bet. I don't, I don't like, you're not crazy. You've been right about enough of these. I have to give you props for finding this one. It's not insane. I'm I'm just saying that week that's coming where the jazz go 0-4 for the week and look like they want to kill each other. That week that we know we're waiting on that week is the week you're going to want your Denver ticket. No, but see, that's the thing though, is I'm waiting until that week comes and I'm betting the jazz. That's That's fine. I'll bet them too. And then I'll guarantee myself money on either side. There you go. Uh, let's talk about conferences. All right. So we talked about regular season stuff, but let's do, let's do conferences. Um, Raheem, let's start here in the Eastern okay. conference. How many teams can win the, the conference? How many teams in the, in the East can win the, the, the East? I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. All right. So Boston's obviously going to have the longest odds there. Um, yeah. do you want to bet Boston as a long shot future or do you want to play them series by series? Um, what is their odds right now? We're looking at 1200 MGM is the best. You know what? I, I don't, I don't mind the plus 1200. I, I don't mind it at all. Are you going to bet it? I, I would see right now. I'm not that confident. In it. Like I, I still need to see more. For, I think my biggest problem with the Celtics is that offensively they're, they're struggling to score. Yeah. So I really want to see what's going to happen with the nets. If they're going to reverse this mandate with, cause if, if they reverse the mandate and you got Katie and Kyrie, they're coming out of the East. Okay, so if that's, I mean, I, I would say if that's your call, you should take it anyway. Like, why would you, mm. even like, okay, he can't play in home games. All right. Like, you shoot better at home. Your role players get you home and at home, like they bitch pick up Dragic. So Dragic, Mills, and Seth Curry carry you at home and Kyrie does the thing on the road. Like, yeah, if that's how you feel, just, I mean, th- you are not going to get better value, I don't think, than the Nets right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Milwaukee's still the favorite, but I'm concerned about them. I think the Nets and I think the Celtics are going to be able to push them a little harder this year. Well, let's let's do this first. Brandon, how many teams can win in the East? Seven. What? (laughs) I love Brandon. Seven, everyone through Toronto. Everyone but the eight seed. Whoever the eight seed is, no. Everyone else can. You think Toronto can win the East? I think Toronto can win the East because I don't really trust any juggernaut in the East. I, okay. I agree with what Reem just said. Uh, like uh, my answer is four, but then my fifth team is Cleveland. And I'm like, well, Cleveland, we know all the metrics are very good. Their defense has been awesome. Yeah. It, the East is winnable. They could be in. Well, if Cleveland's in, then what about Chicago? And if Chicago's in, then what about Toronto? Like that's my order. Did so it goes slippery self. Did you just slippery slope yourself all the way to seventeens being able to? You just slippery sloped your way to Cleveland winning the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Cleveland's Cleveland. Everything we've seen about Cleveland 
is that very good team, one of the best teams in the East, and none of the teams in the East are trustworthy to me. It's it's, no, le- it's less yeah. Cleveland and Toronto. It's more that I don't trust Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee as the sure things at the top. Rod, do you remember? Do you, Rod, I just want to say, Rod, do you remember last year when they traded for Vucevic? How mad he was? Do you remember how mad yeah. he was when they traded for Vucevic? Like yeah. he was I'm so mad. mad they traded for Vucevic. Said that they were never going to win a playoff series. Uh, look, just put Chicago sixth and possibly seventh out of the seven teams. I still don't know if they're going to a playoff series this year. So I'm not taking back my Cleveland. Look, Cleveland is not winning the Eastern Conference. This team is 21st in in half court offense. I mean, look, they're a great story. Cool story. I mean, like, I I love that they're playing good defense, but they're not going to be able to score against the Miamis, the, the, the Celtics, the, the Sixers, like, this team's not winning the Eastern Conference. If they get one series, it's a great story for them. But but I, get, but I, get his, I get his point, though, that everybody's beatable. I get that. Yeah. yeah right. and in, that case, okay. just, in that case, like, you just want to bet it series by series. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Cleveland gets a series. Suddenly, oops, Embiid got hurt as their next opponent or yeah. Durant or whoever. Now you're in the Eastern Finals. Now you're the Hawks. If you're in the Eastern Finals, you can get out of these. That, that's it. That's the whole case. So, Rob, let me ask you this. Because this, I think this really is a determining factor. This is where it gets to for me. I think most people go towards, and, and the, the, I think you have two divergent strategies here. One is which team has the best superstar, and you're just going to bet whoever has the best superstar, right? And that's like the Nets angle is like, look, I get it. You could talk about your defense and your schemes and your matchups. I'll take Kevin Durant. And I think that's fair. Like, I, I can't argue with that. I think the other side is who do you trust to be able to figure out the other team? I don't trust the Sixers to figure out an opponent over seven games. I don't trust Embiid to not get countered. I don't trust Glenn. I, I don't trust Harden not to hang out with Meek Mill and go to yep. Rugs weekend, the yep. weekend of the playoffs. Like, yep. So I don't trust them. The Nets, I don't know that they are really like a tactical team that's going to figure out a bunch. The Nets are very, the Nets are very obvious. The Nets are just like, yeah, we have Kate, we have Katie and Kyrie. What? What do you want? Like, we're just, and, we have, and Goran Dragic. And Goran Dragic. And Dragic. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we have all this shooting and we have all this offense, and it doesn't matter that our front court is decrepit and sad. Um, we have all these guys, and maybe Ben Simmons actually decides to play center, and we're just going to switch everything, and then we're going to hit a bunch of jump shots at the end, right? I don't know that I trust their – like, if teams find ways – to just slow them down, which is going to happen over the course of a series naturally by making guys work. I don't know what their counter moves are. I really don't. I don't know what, the, I don't know what the Nets counter moves are. I know what the Bucks counter moves are. The Bucks are like, no, no, no. Like we know that we got to switch. We know that we got to drop. We know that we got to go over. We know that we got to play zone. We know that we, like, we know that we're going to have to play in transition. Sometimes we know that we're going to have to play in, in half court. We know we're going to have to target specific matchups. We know that we're going to have to get games from Bobby. Like the Bucks biggest advantage I think is that they know that they're not perfect. They've been through enough and they've learned like we're not. That's one of the things I think with the Nets is the Nets are like, we were just hurt last year. We would have won without really realizing like, no, like your team is not great. Your team is not great. You might be able to win because you do have the best player, but you're vulnerable. And so then outside of that in the East, I don't, there's nobody else I trust. There's nobody else I trust. Right. Like Toronto's really good at leveraging things, but Toronto's weaknesses are so glaring. Like Toronto's weaknesses, when they, when they look bad, they look horrible. Right. The Celtics are, are kind of attractive there, but I just want to bet them series by series and see if I can get the right sequence. 
that that's yeah, the Celtics are the play for me. Same case that Raheem made plus 1200, 7.7% implied. And uh, yeah, they're the team to me that I think can have some of those answers that actually can, can come up with answer. I, I don't know that I trust Jalen and Jason to score enough offensively still, but they're the way that their defense is playing right now and the lineups they can throw out now that Derek White is there to me at 7.7%, like I would put Boston something closer to like 12 or 16%, which means that this number is 50 to hundred percent too low. So it's still a long shot. Still probably not going to happen, but there's value. We've seen the offense. Yeah. We've seen the offense fall apart for Miami. But we've seen the offense be bad for Boston like consistently all year. I don't know. Like, I've I bet Miami back. I've I've been betting them. Like I've just been quietly building a, a Miami position. Because Rob, mm-hmm. I think part of it is I think they're going to be dogs in almost every series. They'll be dogs yeah. to Philly. They'll be dogs to to Milwaukee. They'll be dogs to Brooklyn. They'll probably be slight favorites versus Chicago. Like my hedge opportunities are going to be awesome. And the number for the Heat, the number for the this is again one of the we're we're kind of back to the thing that we were at when it was the Suns and we were like, why the hell haven't these numbers adjusted? Look, I, Miami's tied in the loss column with Chicago, but they're the number one seed right now. Yeah. They've only got two game lead on Philly. Like it's all a jumble. I get that. But Miami, despite Bam missing like a month, Jimmy missing, like, I don't know, every, once every four games, Lowry missing time, Duncan being a mess. Hero Ty, missing time. Hero missing time. They're still the one seed. Like, I look at Miami and that's, that's the team I want, I want to position against because I think that even if I need to hedge against them with a favorite, they're not going to be massive dogs versus somebody. I don't think yeah. so. Like they'll be tight and they'll, they'll be small dogs even when they're dogs. And they're live pretty much against anybody because yeah. this is a team that can, they can defend. So it's like, Brandon, I'm not mad I, at that. I, Brandon, I'm surprised that you're not with me on Miami. Cause this is, this is very much a Brandon thing. It's like, Spolster and Jimmy just doing it again, just like consistency, like you know, a, the the good team that always comes out ahead. Like they feel very much like the Tom Brady MVP of Eastern Conference. That's is filled with the heat. I think it's a good default position. Here's the problem: Miami's the one seed. This is why we like them, right? We like the one seed. Who's the eight seed right now? Who's going to be the eight seed most likely in the East? It's the Brooklyn. Nets. Brooklyn. I think that's, <laughs> that's the problem. Like I think that I think actually I'll say this: if Miami's the two, I like it less. I think if it's Miami's the one, like I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn with KD's one, probably not being in the plan Two, if they are like, I'll tell you this, this is like a, a big picture thing. I'm looking at Cavs to miss the playoffs right now. I just said that they could win the division. I also think there's value on the Cavs to miss the playoffs. Cause I think that there's a chance that Brooklyn just sneaks up, bites them. They get in the play-in and then they get bounced in the play-in. That's possible. Yeah. They'd have to get bounced twice in the plan though. And, and by like whoever, like New York or Washington or like who, whoever that last team yeah. is, is, I mean, they, they could, but it's certainly not likely, but I, I see it. It's possible. I'm just, I'm just worried about their, like they're when, when the Cavs offense looks bad, it looks so bad. And that makes yeah. me, that makes me nervous. But look, I think, you know, Atlanta honestly is a little bit interesting there just, and they keep kind of falling yeah, on All right. Western Conference, Rod, how many teams can win the West? Let's say three. Okay, where are they? Phoenix, Golden State, and Memphis. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Memphis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not like that you like Memphis more than I do. They're my favorite <laughs> team. 
And yet I got I got you higher on them than than I am. We'll, we'll come back like to that. You and the bold and me. It's the same thing, really. <laughs> Brandon, what's the uh, what what how many teams can win the West? I got four. I got Phoenix, Golden State, and I got Lakers and Nuggets. Okay. I think Denver has a shot as well. So I'll say four as well. Denver's Denver's fascinating to me. And it's tough for me because like I cover them right. So there's an implicit bias there. Even no matter how hard you try, you're always gonna be a little bit more partial to the team that you cover on a consistent basis. If if they had not been so consistently good in the playoffs, I would but this team almost made the conference finals their first year in the postseason. They were an Evan Turner Myers Leonard stint away in game seven of beating Portland and going, taking on golden state without KD. Um, the second year they go to the conference finals, they get hit with the AD game winner and a, a, an AD that was shooting better than ever. Last year they're missing Jamal Murray and they just get overwhelmed by a Suns team. I don't think they can beat the Suns. Like that's one of the, the key things here. They don't think they can beat the Suns. I don't know that there's anybody else in the West. I don't think Denver can beat. I think Denver can be can can beat anybody else in the West, but I think for me, I just want to bet them series by series. I want to make sure that they're on the right side of the bracket. Like when we get the bracket, yeah. I might look yeah, at like yeah. if Denver has a pass to the conference finals that does not involve facing Phoenix, I'm probably going to bet again. Even though I have a Denver future already, I'm going to probably bet Denver mm-hmm. again. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, like, I think you know, it's just. It's real. The Golden State Denver matchup is fascinating. Memphis beat them three times. Memphis won the season series versus Denver. Like, that's notable. Mm. There's a bunch of these. And Dallas won the season series. If they wind up in the Dallas series, I think that that's tough. But um, the West is really just a mess. The West, I think you have to take it series by series because we got to look at the health. We got to yeah. look at, like, I agree with you on waiting on, on to see if the number drop. Like, if the, if the Suns dip and we still think, like, the good thing about the avulsion in Chris's hand there's just not a whole lot of reason to think that he's not like if it was a knee, if he has sprained knee, hamstring, I'm out. The fact that he can stay in shape. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm still worried about him getting hurt, but I think he, there's a certain amount of, of value in here before we get out of here. We'll talk MVP on another episode, but I do want to ask if there's any value on make miss playoffs. Is it any other props? Is there any team that we're looking at? Um, do you guys have anything else on the board that you want to look at? Brandon, and you're usually the one that has something on the board. Put a bet in a couple of days ago. Uh, Circa, I don't know if they still have this line, but Circa had a line of Lakers plus 190 to make the playoffs. Yep. So, yeah, that's still out there. And basically, how do the Lakers not make the playoffs? LeBron gets hurt. Because otherwise, LeBron is playing in a playing game. And at the very least, you have a chance to hedge out of that spot if you need to in the play-in game, which, you know, they could lose. We saw last year the Warriors looked awesome and were maybe title favorites, then they lost in the play-in game. So it's not that he's a lock to get out of there, but I'm going to take LeBron healthy in a play-in game if we get the chance. So I like that one. That Their odds to make the play-in, I think picking one of those teams like the four five six seed to kind of slip whoever you don't like if you don't like the Cavs and you want to pick them to make the play and if you're going to have them slide back i think that's a good play the, we, both conferences like to, to me my big picture take on nba right now is similar to what it was on nfl with like a couple of weeks left which was i gotta find the long shot there's some long shot out here has value right now because I don't think we have a great team 
in either conference now that Chris Paul is hurt. And that means that I, I think chaos is coming. That may be in the standing still, and that may be in the playoffs to come, the bracket. I want to find that long shot in the NFL. That was San Francisco for me. It almost got there. Cincinnati did get there. I think what we've seen the last couple of years in NBA playoffs also is the, the injuries, the unpredictability, and the lack of these truly great teams. Some underdog is going to have value and some favorite is going to really fall out. I need to figure out who that is. We need to figure out who those are over these coming weeks. Well, I got I, one. Well, you got one. You've got, you've got one? Yeah, I got one. I'm going with the Toronto Raptors plus 300 to miss the postseason. They're seventh right now. This is not a very deep roster. They find themselves in a play-in game scenario, and you possibly got to face either the Nets, the Hornets, the Hawks. I mean, I know the Hornets, they can't stop anybody, but plus 300, I think there's some value there. Just review, I think they can win the division. You think they might miss the playoffs. I said the Cavs might win the division, um, and I thought they could also miss the playoffs. So I do think it's wild that there's so much unpredictable uh, unpredictability. Like That's what Brandon's kind of talking about here is like, we don't know. We really don't like there. There is not like I, I think if, I, if somebody's telling you that they have a clear picture of where all this is leading, I think that they're wrong. Uh, it could be what we thought at the beginning of the season, which is just the Nets have too much talent. That might still be true, but that's entirely yeah. possible. Um, or or maybe Anthony Davis will remember how to stay healthy and make shots again randomly for two months for yeah. the second time in his life. Maybe happen. So, yeah, um, we'll keep you updated on the best value, though. That's going to wrap it up for buckets. Make sure to check out. Uh, all of our great content. Check out the Action Network YouTube channel. We'll have shows on there throughout the week. Raheem and I are going to be back tomorrow with an episode talking about the MVP. We'll have that for you this week. Later on, uh, what are we on Happy Hour this week? What's Happy Hour this week, Brandon, on Friday? We are doing tiers, me and you. That's right. Championship tiers on Friday. Uh, on Wednesday night at 7 Eastern on the Action Network YouTube channel, we'll break down the Thursday slate with the games coming back. So you can get a breakdown of all of those games. We'll also have heat check on Thursday. Lots of content coming from the Action Network now that the football is over. Hope you guys had a great All-Star weekend. We'll talk to you guys again next time. Thanks for joining us. Let's get buckets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.